Welcome to the Mike on Much podcast and another episode of Freedom. I'm your host, Mike Veerman. Uh, we are here with our pop culture aficionado, Shane Cunningham. We are here with intern Erica. And because he couldn't be in the studio, calling in on his cell phone is our friend and producer, Max Kerman. Max, you don't want to miss hey, an episode boy. so bad that you're calling in right now. Yeah, no, I, I would, I'd feel left out. Uh, Shane knows the feeling. So, uh, yeah, I, I know it well. <laughs> Um, so even though you couldn't be here uh, today, Max, you did still hit us with your topics uh, for today. First of all, how's everyone doing? Erica, you doing all right? Doing well. Nice. Shaney boy, you good? Yeah, it was, uh, it was cool. We've been selling some merch out of the parking lot uh, lately, so I've had a couple run-ins with fans, which has been Really? Cool. How's that going? I came out for the one. It, 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 it's been good. It was interesting, though. I ran into... I guess kind of a liar situation here where <laughs> I, like uh, I was messaging with someone and as sometimes people uh, think that you're running the account. I'm looking at you right now, Mike. Mike Veerman, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was chatting with them and I'm like, okay, I'll meet you in the parking lot. And they were like, this is Mike, right? And there was an exclamation point. And I was like, no, it's Shane, <laughs> but same thing, right? And she's like, hi, yes. And then I came out and she was clearly like a little disappointed. Her name was Liz. And I gave, I gave her the merch and then, uh, I go to walk away and she's like, didn't know what to say. So she's like, Hey, just let you know, I heard you talking on the pod that you don't have a lot of female fans. She goes, you know, uh, I am a female fan. She goes, I love the desserts. I love what you're doing and, and all that. And I was like, Oh, that's so nice. Thank you. And then I got back to my desk and I was like looking her up on my Instagram to see if she actually followed me. And she doesn't. (laughs) She doesn't follow you personally on Instagram. So my whole point was, I don't have a lot of female Instagram followers from the pod. So I did research on her. And sometimes I'll see like, oh, are they following Mike and Max, but just not me. And I'm the odd man out. And that was the case with Liz. (laughs) Oh, man. Okay, first of all, all, where was I? I would love to have come out and met Liz. I feel terrible. Because was this like this morning? I don't know. You weren't there. No, this was... This was last week. You just weren't around. Oh, I don't know man. where you were. Liz, I'm sorry. If I had been at the building, I would have I would have absolutely came out and said hi to you with Shane. Uh, so if you if you want to come back and, you know, get a hat mm-hmm. or something or just say hi, I'm around. I feel bad that you came to buy merch for our podcast and I wasn't there. Although Shane is far from disappointing. Uh, I think you do need to give him a follow on Instagram. I, I'm guessing that's why you brought this up. No, I'm just saying don't people don't need to lie to me to make me feel better. <laughs> but sh- <laughs> <laughs> because tell me the truth. Like, I, I'm fine. I understand if you yeah. don't want to follow me or if you don't like me. I get do that. Do you think she does? Do you think that her liking the dessert was a lie? I think it's let's say I bumped into Frankie Muniz today. That's a great pull from, <laughs> from Malcolm in the Middle. Yeah. You know who that is? Yeah. I Erica knows who that is. Yeah. She knows Frankie Muniz, but That's not crazy. Jack Nicholson. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Malcolm was a good show. Yeah. And so let's say I bumped into Frankie Muniz and I was like, Frankie. And then I ran out of shit to say. I'd be like, big fan. <laughs> That's what I would say to be polite. Yeah. Right? But I, people don't need to say that to me. And but, I don't want people, people to feel pressured to say but that. Are you a fan of Frankie Muniz? I don't follow him on Instagram, so I would say that's a good... But uh, you liked Malcolm in the Middle. I thought it was okay. Like, it wasn't like Sunday night mandatory viewing at the Cunningham residence. (laughs) I was more of a TGIF guy. Uh, Max. Ooh, me too. I did like, yeah, TGIF. Go ahead. Is there any chance we can get Frankie Muniz on the podcast? Ooh, good question. Uh, I'll see if there's any mutual friends. I'll look into it. And and just to explain further, the reason that it it hurts me a little bit is because I will follow up and see if you're following me. (laughs) And then it's a roller coaster of emotion. So I'm on this high thinking I'm cool. And then I come crashing down. But inverse (laughs) of that, 
a couple of days later, you and I did bump into a uh, a Mike on Much fan who we we sold merch to in the yeah, parking lot. Yeah, she's great, and uh, she seemed like a genuine Shaniac. <laughs> which is what Ryan Clanu, I believe I'm pronouncing. Oh, he suggested his name for your wrong. fans. Yeah, he suggested that would be the term for uh, Shane fans. But that yeah. is a great term, Shaniacs. So if you're not a Shaniac, uh, be he, fine with it. Or, be if you, or if you are, go follow the guy. Give him a follow on the old Instagram uh, because I think it would be great. <laughs> Yeah, but uh, who we saw in the parking lot was uh, was Leanne. Uh, Leanne Lucas. I actually gave her a food recommendation at the rally, Max. Uh, when I was going back up to, to meet some people, I was on a, a Bixie bike. Or no, what are they called in Hamilton? Sobe, a Sobe bike. And her and uh, a, a friend were trying to find food to eat. So I sent them to Augusta Street. And then we saw her in the parking lot. Uh, we we, we should do a sweater. Is that what she got? She, she got a hat, actually, because her sweater was... Uh was uh, tearing up or something in the wash or something. It was getting old. Oh, not, not that it's low quality. Yeah, products. you don't want to. Uh, she was just overwearing <laughs> it, people. <laughs> <laughs> Shane's a professional advertiser, by the way. Uh, so, uh, Leanne, it was great to see you. Thanks for coming by. And Liz, I'm sorry I wasn't there. Give Shane a follow on the Instagram. Yeah. You know? No, d- don't force it. I just want Leanne to know I love my fan. I think she could maybe. I think I think she could be both someone who really enjoys the desserts and maybe didn't follow you on Instagram. That's weird to me. I only want obsessives. <laughs> Shaniacs only. Yeah. Uh, okay, you guys want to get the topics for today? Yeah, let's get into it. All right, so Max sent the topics uh, at 1.21 uh, a.m., and I'm going to read them directly. So Max's text to our whole gang here, TOPICS in all caps. First topic, Sonic the Hedgehog. New trailer came out starring Jim Carrey and former pod guest James Marsden. Uh, and he just says, Shane, walk us through this. So we- and, and by the way, for one twenty-one a.m. is not the best time for a guy to be getting uh, things to research when you wake up at 5 a.m. <laughs> so it's not like I'm just by my phone like, what is it, Max? And <laughs> what are the topics? articles on Sonic the Hedgehog. Hey, Max knows no uh, work never sleeps when it comes to Max. So the second. That's right. What were we going to say, Maxie? No, I was going to say that's right. Uh, but I figure, Shane, you're a bit of an expert when it comes to Sonic the Hedgehog, right? So uh, I figure you, you wouldn't have to research this at all. I, th- I thought this was right up your alley. So okay. I was trying to actually cater to you specifically. I know. And that's what's really sad. And we'll get into it. Okay. So the, okay. the other topics we're going to talk about today are Woodstock. Is it canceled? Rolling Stone article that came out saying that there was some problem with the financier. Uh, and then lastly, we'll talk about the Avengers movie. Do we care? Your thoughts on comic book franchises. So, let's start with uh, Sonic the Hedgehog. The trailer came out. I, I did watch this trailer. Erica, you watched the trailer? Yeah, I did. I didn't know James Marsden's been on the pod. Oh, yeah. Where was I? I know. Where were you? <laughs> I didn't really know who he was, that. but I Googled <laughs> Sonic the Hedgehog cast, mm-hmm. and I discovered James Marsden. And I might go see this movie. Just for him? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You didn't know who he was before? Westworld. Mm, no. That okay. makes sense. That makes sense. He's kind of a How that old is guy he? Like 50? sort of person. Is he 50? Like 45, 50-ish? He's got to be around there these no. days. Yeah, I would say he's 44. Really? I'm looking it up. Okay, Shane says, okay, Maxie, what's your guess? Shane says James Marsden's 44. Mm, he's very I'm going co- 39. 39. Erica, what's your guess? Yeah, I'd say 47. Your guess was 50. <laughs> Don't change your guess. <laughs> because Between 45 and 50 Well, keep in mind, have you seen the movie The Notebook? I have. and I, Okay, I saw that on his uh, IMBD or whatever. Yeah, and, so he's um, probably very close in age to uh, Ryan Gosling. Who is how old? Mm. He's certainly not fifty. No, uh, no. I, so James Marsden is forty-five years old. Whoa, he's a seventy-three, mm. and I'm going to guess that uh, uh, Gosling is like an eighty-two or an eighty. He's 80 aging or gracefully. Yeah. 
Anyway, James Martin, should, should, do you guys really want to know how old Ryan Gosling is now? Because I can sure. do that as well. I, th- I think he's three years older than me, so I, I'm thinking he's 38. Why do you think he's three years older? Just I just think really <laughs> famous people are always a couple of years older okay. than me. They're never my age. <laughs> yeah, he's impossible. He's, he's a 1980. There you go. So I was right. You were right. There you go. Nailed it. Um, so what are our thoughts on this trailer? Jim Carrey is the star. He is in a lot of the trailer. And there's sort of been this online, um, I don't know what the word is. Uh, Toothgate. Uprate. Uh, like, uh, yeah, like, uh, like, like everyone's up in arms. They're all angry at the way that the Sonic sort of CGI looks. Um, I think there's like hardcore Sonic fans who have issues with the way it looks, like the eyes, uh, the mouth, the teeth, all the that. The hair. The hair. Like, it's a very, there's a poster that came out like two months ago where it was kind of like a... It was just his legs and kind of the feet, but he was, or it was like a, a silhouette. He was very muscular, and everyone's like, what is going on with this Sonic character? So this was the first look, and I guess people aren't happy. Yeah, well, all video game movies are not good, unless I'm missing a video game movie that was you guys enjoyed. It's a great question. I mean, I'd have to go back and think. Like, I, I don't know. I'm sure there's, there's probably one we're not thinking about that someone's like, that was based on a video mm-hmm. game. And it was pretty good. Like, maybe like the first, uh, uh, what's the one with Mila Jovovich? Uh, uh, Evil Dead? It's something like that. Something Rising? Resident Evil. Yes. Yeah. So, like, it's a sci-fi movie. It's not that bad. Anyway, go on. Isn't Tomb Raider a video game? I think. Yeah, right. So Is that anyway, Angelina Jolie? I, yeah, exactly. Now, whether people like, I don't think any video game movies ever like uh, been Oscar caliber, but I could be wrong. Maybe listeners can let us know on the old Twitter. It's just I don't watch uh, action movies and I don't like video game movies. And just because I think a certain game is good, I don't think that's going to translate to the big screen. And I do not like Sonic the Hedgehog. Mm. I am a very typical gamer. Like I like the classics. I'll just go through what I like, and you guys tell me. If you haven't liked this at one point in your life, Goldeneye, yeah. Mario Kart, yep. NBA Jam, oh, yeah. Super Mario Brothers. Yep. Uh, and then my, the weird ones I like are Toe Jam and Earl and General Chaos. <laughs> That's it for me in liking video games in my life. I, am, I like games that are pretty universal. So for Max to think I just like anything because it's <laughs> a video game, he doesn't know me at all. <laughs> Max, what are, what's your response to that charge that uh, you don't understand the nuance of Shane's video game fandom and that you just you painted him with a very broad brush? Okay, well, to be honest, I've been talking to uh, our good friend Matt Unsworth because Unzi is just a good idea for like news items and, and quirky angles, as you know, because we're all fans of Matt Unsworth. And he was the one, if I'm being totally honest, suggested Sonic the Hedgehog for Shane to talk about because, you know, Sometimes we talk about some highbrow stuff on this podcast, you know, articles in The New Yorker, you know, things about politics and, and, you know, international relations. And Shane, you know, doesn't seem that interested in it. So you're always trying to come up with new ways to call me dumb, Max. (laughs) (laughs) How can I crowbar in this episode? You love your precious New Yorker, too. No, this is our bit. This is the bit, all right? I talk about the New Yorker and you talk about, you know, kid stuff. It's good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I, 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 one of the things I, I imagine Unzi was getting at by suggesting Shane for this is is he's probably thinking about how bad the CGI is. Mm-hmm. So, like, the idea that they're trying to sell this thing through is, like, was it a good idea to make a movie? Did anyone need a movie about the video game Sonic? And by the way, yeah. I played a shit ton of Sonic the Hedgehog when I was a kid. I liked Sonic, and he had a little partner named Tails, and I don't know if Tails made it into the movie. I didn't see him They the were trailer. okay. Sonic was, like, a 5 out of 10 for me. I, it's it, basically Sega was trying to come up with their version of Super Mario Bros. 100%. And I love Super Mario Brothers and Sonic that... Is not Super Mario Brothers. Yeah, we were a Sonic home because we had we had Sega Genesis. We were a Sega Genesis. Home. Hey, hey, as was guys. I. I have a question about the uh, the trailer itself. I, I thought the um, 
as far as trailers go, it wasn't very impactful. Like tonally, it was a little strange. Like when, when they chose to have the music drop in, I was a little surprised by it. Like I just thought the cuts yeah, what song were did they use? kind of odd. Yeah, what um, was what, Gangster's what song Paradise? Was oh, Gangster's yeah. Paradise. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's all around. Yeah. It's just kind of a weird fit. Like, are there a lot of like aging dudes that want to see a Sonic movie? Like, what's the audience? Is Sonic had a resurgence online? Like, maybe I'm just out of loop. I don't game. I think nostalgia porn is a big thing right now. And they were like, "What was a song that was big in 1996?" <laughs> right. And they're like, "Gangster's oh, Paradise." Okay. Makes sense. They do all this research, right, to appeal to our inner child. Speaking of our inner child, they kind of got vintage Jim Carrey in this movie. I've... Oh, he was doing an Ace Ventura embarrassing imitation. It was a mix was of horrible. Ace Ventura and the and Fire Marshal Bill. He was kind of doing that thing. But I feel like if you're like a, a fan of old school Jim Carrey, people are going to, you know, they're going to like it. He's kind of pulling out the old tricks. Yeah, he just didn't do it as well as he used to. It's It, it wasn't funny. I didn't find it funny. Did you? Did Jim change or did you change, Shane? <laughs> call me, call me situation here. <laughs> <laughs> I, I do, well, I mean, like, no, was I like at my desk watching this trailer being like, ha Jim, he's still got it. No, but I was like, oh, he's like kind of pulling out the old tricks that he hasn't really done in 15 years or whatever it's been, you know? Yeah, it just came off as weird and kind of desperate to me, but... Uh, that's how some people would describe, I guess, this movie. Like, just even the attempt, it's weird. And I didn't know James Marsden was in it until I saw the uh, the trailer. It's like when we were watching Jack Reacher and Tom Cruise came out <laughs> shirtless and clearly flexing the entire time. Trying to deliver his lines in the motel room. It's oh like, just God. be a dignified 50-year-old man. You don't need to be 30-year-old <laughs> Tom Cruise for the rest of your life. And I feel like Jim Carrey was kind of chasing that what he used to be tapping back into his comedy exactly. stuff um i did think hey you you got you guys are uh, cinephiles and you have a pretty good uh, knowledge of it like the history of you know the last 50 years of movies like this this resurgence of just like nostalgia um that is sort of seemingly being spearheaded by like people our age and older is, is has that been a thing that's always happened like in the 90s were there things about the 70s or you know what i mean like well, is this always is, been a thing like or is this nostalgia is as big business or entertainment products and i mean yeah. obviously in the 90s we had that 70s show which was like extremely popular and it's like yeah i, I think we've always kind of looked back i don't know if it's always like yeah i don't know i think nostalgic nostalgia is always sort of sold in some ways like i mean I think that 70s show, though, I don't think it was for nostalgia. I think it was for kids still, or teenagers. Of that time. Yeah, who thought the 70s were cool because they had heard maybe their parents Yeah, or Dazed and Confused. There was kind of a thing in the 90s, though, where they would, there was kind of like period pieces looking back. Because, to your point, Max, all those people that grew up in the 70s became the content creators in the 90s, and so they wanted to tell stories from their youth. So to your point, all of these people are adults now. They're, They're in their 30s or whatever, and they're actually making stuff. They're the ones going, let's do a Sonic movie, or let's do this. I just don't know who the audience is. Like, I won't go to the theaters. Yeah, I guess if you do it right, you're able to um, to capitalize on both the the people from that original generation, but then also get new fans. So, like, there's a bunch of like when the Ninja Turtles put out their movie, it's like, hold on, did the Ninja Turtles put out a nostalgia movie like recently in the last like five ten years? Uh, uh, What's his name there? Michael Bay produced a couple of uh, like new Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle movies. Oh, that's right. Yeah. So it's like they're hoping to capitalize on like our love for the Ninja Turtles, people from our generation. But then also maybe it'll capture the hearts and minds of a bunch of, you know, eight year olds today or whatever. Does that yeah. make sense? Like, yeah. 
I think gamers will see this movie, though. Gamers will see this movie. And I think Sonic might have, like, a weird, like, super fandom online. Like, he might might be, like, kind of considered an iconic character by a certain section of people that are very fervent about Sonic. I I am not one of them, but... Have you seen the Super Mario Brothers movie with John Leguizamo? Hell yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, and, uh, Shmi, what's that actor's name? Bob, he's from Mermaids. Bob Hoskins. Bob Hoskins. He plays Mario, right? Yeah. And uh, John Leguizamo plays Luigi. Is it good? Mm. It was cool as a kid. But it is all, all it's considered one of the worst movies ever, wow. and like yeah. very weird effects in it, special yeah. effects. Uh, but it is funny to me sometimes when we have these conversations, like what, like because of the stupid fucking Mario Brothers movie with John Leguizamo and Bob Costas is taking up memory <laughs> space. Bob in Hoskins, my head. sorry, Bob Costas. <laughs> Welcome to the games, <laughs> uh, Bob Ho- Hops- Hoskins. Yeah. Hop- Hoskins. Yeah, I'll yeah. get it. He's from the Hook. Uh, I'm like, what is what am I? What is not in my brain? At the expense of me keeping that information. You know what I mean? It's like all the stuff that <laughs> sticks that actually could be useful shit. Like how mortgage, mortgage rates work would be more important for my brain than knowing that fucking John Leguizamo was in Mario Brothers. Depends what field you're in. For podcasting, it's great, right? Yeah, I guess so. That's true. Not great for being a homeowner, but you know. No. <laughs> uh, so w- will you go see it, Maxi Boy? Definitely not. I, I, I don't care about it at all. I vaguely remember playing Sonic the Hedgehog as a kid, but we didn't have video games in my house. So... Like, I obviously had friends that had video games, and I'd go over, but I was always very bad at it. So that whole, uh, you know, Super Mario's, I, um, Sonic the Hedgehog, all that stuff, I just don't feel connected to. Although I did really like playing NFL Blitz. That was one game that I really enjoyed. Do you guys ever play that game? No, never. I believe I, I did, I yes. And you, you pick, like, between six different patterns at the start of before, like, the ball is hiked? That's exactly. Madden. Is yeah. that Madden? I don't know. Yeah. No. I did play an NFL game. No, no. I think it was Blitz, NFL Blitz 99 or something. I don't know. Erica, you play video games? I did actually growing up. I'm squished in between three brothers. Oh. All big gamers. Mm. I played a lot of Tony Hawk Pro Skater, <laughs> a lot of Mario Kart. And um, what's the one where there's all those different characters and you fight? And they're oh, from Mortal Kombat? Kombat? Yeah. Or Street Fighter? Street Fighter. No, probably Mortal Kombat. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. Mario Kart has torn apart a lot of friendships. I've been, like Some <laughs> of the biggest fights I've been in have been over Mario Kart uh, oh, in battle mode. Bad. Yeah, love battle mode. Battle mode, yeah. Um, do you do the four towers? Is that the main one? Yeah, we do them all. That's the best one. Yeah, I mean, I haven't, I haven't done it in years, but good times, man. Uh, so, Erica will go see it for James Marsden. Let's Shane do it. will not see it. Nope, nope, because it's not on his video game list. Uh, I will not. I don't think I have time to go see this movie. There's movies out right now that I really want to go see that I just haven't had time to go see. Name them. Well, this actually segues us to uh, the Avengers. Avengers. Have you seen it? Who's seen yeah. it? No. no. We're None not, of you have seen it? No, actually, our boss is being awesome, and he's treating us to the Avengers this Friday afternoon. Wow. Yeah. Nice Good boss. guy. Our creative director is bringing us. So I've been avoiding like anything online that says anything about Avengers, because everyone's... It's actually kind of triggered this whole conversation about spoiler culture, and what constitutes a spoiler. This happened with Game of Thrones on Sunday night, where it's like, The Ringer does a lot of... They cover Game of Thrones a lot, because obviously it's owned by HBO, but... You know, Jason Concepcion uh, network on Twitter, you know, they'll be tweeting stuff in real time about the show or like a reveal. Like there was like a huge moment at the end of this episode. And then people were like going off in the mentions about, yo, don't spoil it, dude. And other people are like, you know, you don't have to open Twitter. You know what I mean? And then they kind of get to the idea of like, what is a spoiler? How long can pass between there being a spoiler? You should never probably have a spoiler in the headline of an article because obviously it's like let people decide whether they want to read it. But uh, I think that's kind of been one of the big things with, with that's come out of this Avengers thing because something happens in it that people are keeping secret that I'm hoping to avoid for the next two days. 
Yeah, I think with spoilers, it's just common sense. Yeah. If something is insanely popular where the whole world is talking about it, Game of Thrones, the Super Bowl, NBA playoff games, etc., stay away. And it's your responsibility not to look at things that the whole world is going to be commenting on, like Instagram, Twitter, well, one of or the people... New Yorker, maybe even. <laughs> <laughs> Max's precious New Yorker. Well, one of the comments in, uh, in, in, uh, that I saw in Jason Sepion's Twitter is somebody was like, because they were like, you know, you don't have to log on to Twitter if you're trying to avoid it. And it was like, uh, well, I have to look at Twitter for my job. And so it's, I have to be on here. Some of us have to be on here. And we're on a different time zone, so we can't watch it because we're in England. And I'm like, oh, man. I'm like, everyone does get angry about everything. I'm like, mm-hmm. you know. <laughs> but for you guys, like, are you going to avoid Twitter for a week? Like, is that... My, I'm actually pretty good at like scanning when I'm looking at Twitter and anytime my, my eyes kind of make out Avengers or Endgame, I just go past it. So I haven't consumed nice. anything about it. And I, and I we don't really, we, you know, I know this is obviously one of the biggest movies of all time, but I think in general between Shane, Max and myself, we're not big like um, comic book movie guys. Like I watch them, especially if they're part of pop culture and it's going to be part of the conversation um, or the national discourse or whatever, I'll, I'll consume it. But it's like not like our friends are like, in the group chat Marvel guys going off about yeah. it do you know what I mean yeah. we're much more likely to be like having a chat about like NBA if something crazy happened in the playoffs or something um, have you seen Avengers yet Max? Uh, no I have not uh, but uh, you know on your note about spoiling I wonder if like Twitter could uh, have like a settings where you just pu- like put in keywords like as many as you want and if it's if there's any of those keywords in anybody else's tweet it'll just be muted for like a, a certain amount of time. I think that would be a good feature. That is a great yeah, I mean. that is a great feature that they should have. If they don't already have it, you should totally pitch well, that to them. Well, it's funny. I'm on an app called Discord and it gives me tips for the game Toe Jam and Earl back in the groove. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a message board that says like uh, because they just came out with a new game for PS4. It's, it's awesome. And sometimes people don't want to know what happens at the end, but they'll give information on what happens at the end for people who are dying to know but it will be totally redacted and if you want to see it you just click the redaction and it will unredact yeah that's what your that's what your app does it's awesome yeah huh and it it works it's it's super functional it's like a spoiler wall spoiler wall i had so you you're the only one at this table that's seen avengers no i haven't oh you haven't seen it yet No, no no was it spoiled for you Oh, I don't care. I have no idea what any yeah. of it is. Yeah, I'm in the same boat. Uh, are you planning to see it? No, I won't see it. Even I, though it's kind of like it's kind of this cultural thing, though, more so than just like a superhero movie. Yeah, I, but I haven't seen any previous movies of right. the, any of the other characters or anything leading up. I, I will have no idea what's going on if yeah. I step foot in that theater. Okay, Maxi, are are you yeah. going? Are you going to see it? Um, I might see. It. You know what's funny about these Marvel movies is I didn't realize like. I don't really care about comic books or superhero movies, but I, I often go just because I like going to the movies and there's some star, star power there and I have to say, what the hell? But like, I didn't realize that there are 23 in this series. So, like when that, I was like, and they were all kind of vaguely connected with each other. Yeah. That's how, like how little I know about <laughs> the series. And I'm looking at the list now and I've probably seen half of them, but I had no idea that they were connected. That's 23 how little films like leading up to this of yeah. the different characters and there's yeah, like, there's like yes. the tapestry. Like I know Robert Downey Jr. is involved. I know uh, there's a Black Panther one. Like I know Scarlett Johansson shows up occasionally, but like the other guy, Chris Evans, he's a part of it. I, like, and I've seen many of these movies, but I really have never actually strung them together in like a cohesive storyline because I generally find them to be kind of confusing on their own right, like in their own right, uh, as a, as like a solo movie. So knowing how the storyline is all, uh, kind of woven together, 
I just I, I couldn't be bothered. But anyway, I kind of enjoy it. I'll probably will see it eventually. Well, um, this is what I was going to suggest, Max, is that Shane and I are seeing it Friday. You see it at some point this week, and then we'll we'll review it on Monday. With okay, spoiler alerts. That. Erica, will you go see it? If it's for the pot, I'll see it. <laughs> don't, you don't have to see maybe it. Maybe we... If you do yeah, see it, is the a, expectation a, a, you get refunded? <laughs> yeah, sure. At least for the popcorn. Yeah, invoice it. Hey, actually, guys, speaking <laughs> of that, um, we were all at the Raptors game, right? The other night, uh, game one. Game one Shane, against you Philly. went, right? Pardon me? Shane, did you go to that game? I, I was there, yeah. Mike hooked me up somehow through some connection. I, I still had to pay, but... Actually, was, through my friend Simon. You, you, uh, that's Mike right. You up with the tickets through my childhood friend, Simon Lambeck, who, uh, who had a... Oh, a thank you very a, much. A pair I of hooked up, everyone. Yeah. But um, it was funny. So I was down there, uh, and we had uh, pretty decent seats, and we were down in this, like, um, this like hallway for exclusive people, basically, like underneath <laughs> New those, Yorker uh, readers only. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, and, you know, you're sort of just rubbing shoulders with uh, kind of rich people for the most part. And um, some guy introduces me to another kind of older gentleman. And he said, hey, Max, you got to meet this guy. This guy owns every movie theater in Canada. Oh, I, I know was him. Like, what? Is it, it's Landmark <laughs> not, Cinema guy, right? Well, I don't – I forgot his name. But he owned – but I was like, oh, do you own Cineplex? Are you the guy who runs Cineplex? And he goes, oh, yeah. Today was the biggest day in Canadian movie-going history. There were 75,000 people in our theaters today. I was like, oh, my God. That's crazy. Congratulations. And my brother-in-law actually works for Cineplex. So I, was, I said, oh, you know, my brother-in-law has worked for you for, you, uh, for the last 10 years. Uh, he works in the IT department. And he said, oh, what's his name? I was like uh, – well, you probably don't know him at all. He's Brandon Porter is his name. And then he goes, uh, oh, I think I've heard the name, which he totally has not heard the name. <laughs> <laughs> from, uh, probably, you know, 5,000 people or however many. But then as he's walking away, as we're shaking hands, he just slips a couple notes into my hand. I'm like, what is going on here? I, I look down and it is two free passes to a Cineplex movie. <laughs> <laughs> that's his move. <laughs> that's his move. And so, yeah, that's pretty sweet because everybody loves free passes to the movie. Like, it's the best. Like, I, like if, when I get that for a Christmas gift, I'm always, like, sick. Like, I love getting Cineplex gift cards. It's, like, one of my favorite gifts to get. And uh, it would just be fun to be that guy. Just everyone you meet. You, you bring joy to them. Two movie tickets. Oh my god! Yeah, it's like Santa Claus. It was awesome. Uh, free, honestly, that is the best gift. My father-in-law now—that's that's what he always give, gives me—is he just gives me like gift cards to Cineplex because he knows that I will literally go watch movies by myself all the time. It's the best. And once you and I, I believe, were hanging with the guy who owns Landmarks. We were. And as he left, he slipped me two free passes he did. in the handshake style move too. So that's got to be a common move for Th- movie owners. This would be this would be the your guy's nemesis, Max. Your Cineplex guy. This this guy owns Landmark, and he he, he slipped us movie passes. Do you think they own? Do you think it's the same company at this point? No, uh, Land, well, is Landmark is Jackson Square in Hamilton, and then Cineplex oh, okay. is yeah, Silver City in Ancaster. Yeah. But Landmark's yeah. got those sweet uh, reclining uh, chairs. It's the best movie. It's going the best experience. movie experience, man. Honestly, Cineplex needs to get. I've been on there. That. I've been in the Jackson Square one. Every theater. Every theater. That's insane. I thought it was like VIP or something crazy. 
I once went one. and saw uh, Ghostbusters, Answer the Call, the one with uh, Kate McKinnon and, and all them, Melissa McCarthy and Kristen Wiig and uh, Leslie Jones. And I was so hungover and I snuck in Taco Bell. Uh, so I went to the Taco Bell in Jackson Square and then I had to put it in my coat so I could sneak it in. But it made like my whole torso stink like Crunchwrap Supreme. <laughs> and then I get into the theater <laughs> and I, I ate my Crunchwrap and then I reclined the chair right back. And in about five minutes, I was out cold and I woke up during the credits. <laughs> it was it was the greatest man, uh, and then I watched the movie again another time, and mm-hmm. let's just say I didn't miss much while I was passed. <laughs> do you guys all go to movies by yourself? I do, yeah. Uh, I don't go I to don't. the movies really anymore. Oh no, no, it's really hard to uh, get out. I find. Oh. Why do you go by yourself? <laughs> Erica's laughing. No, I don't. No, I know that movies are like a very communal thing. It's something that people used to, and when I was younger, my friends and I always did. Um, but I just like there's certain movies I really want to see, and it's like. If Danica's not around or she doesn't, it's like, I'm not going to wait. My brother does it a lot too. Max, do you go alone? You tend to go like in a, in a communal sense. I feel like you go on dates or with friends. Yeah, I, I like a lot of, um, I go to a lot of movies with Lauren and my friend Matt. So I like going as like a date or like a friend date. Yeah. Kind of thing. Like that, that, that's like an enjoyable experience for me. Because I like talking about the movie as soon as I'm out of the theater. Um, but yeah, it, you know, another reason why I like going to the movie so much is that it's like the one of the only points in society where I have to put down my phone. And it's actually like a reprieve because I'm so addicted to my phone. You know what mm, I mean? Yeah. So, uh, so it's like actually like a good just way to get away from everything. Uh, I, I find it very helpful. I, I love movies alone because I can eat like shit in the dark without the judging eyes of everybody around me as I crush a slice of pizza and like a buffalo wrap and uh, some Snickers bites. Nice. Yeah, it's the yeah, I do love going to the bulk barn and uh, loading up uh, with a big order and, and then sneaking it into the theater. Is, do you think, is that like um, a moral issue, do you think? Sneaking, sneaking candy? Knowing no, that's the way the it's mov- so overpriced the, at the that's theater. That's the way the movies make it? I don't even think it's illegal anymore. Like, I think you're allowed to bring shit in. Uh, I don't know, hmm. man. That's how they make their money. I, I'll, I'll never forget when I was like, I don't know how old I was, but uh, my dad was taking us to see a movie at Lime Ridge Mall in Hamilton. And uh, so it was me and my brother and then my dad's girlfriend and her four kids. So he had six kids. He had the two couples. And my dad was like, I guess he was just like, fuck it. I'm going to bring in a two four of pop. So he just has a full (laughs) case of pop under his arm and he marches forward. We're going to see the Nightmare Before Christmas, I think, the Tim Burton movie. And like the poor like 14 year olds like, sir, you can't take that pop in. And my dad's like, I'm taking the pop in. (laughs) And we had to sit there awkwardly while my dad fought with the 14 year old. And ultimately, the 14-year-old won because he called the manager over. So Whoa. my dad had to bring the pop back to the car. But my dad was livid. And I could tell he was contemplating, like, pack it up. We're all going. <laughs> but we already had the tickets. And we were like, oh, dad, we really want to see it. He should have said, I'll pop you. I'll pop you. <laughs> that would have been a great line. Scared the shit but out But I just love the hubris of a man thinking he can walk into a movie theater with a 2-4 two, two of pop. Well, he wants a confrontation if he's coming in there with a 2-4. I think he also just hadn't gone to movies a lot. Like, mm-hmm. I think he's still, like, a guy that's, like, like the 70s. You could do what you wanted. And it's like, this is what's wrong with corporate culture you know but anyway we didn't get the pop in but uh yeah i think you can um, bring food into the blue jays games somebody was telling yeah, me you nick can. and our band was telling me that you can bring anything into the jays game yeah, yeah. you can buy it's a sausage from, from like the vendor outside walk with it right in pack your own sandwich charcuterie board anything you want <laughs> imagine bringing in a charcuterie board uh but they would frisk you for alcohol like they're probably mm-hmm. can you bring in any yeah, liquids of course. yeah probably not yeah, I don't think it's a moral issue to, to, to sneak food in because everyone knows it's generally overpriced. It's almost kind of like sticking it to a company that's charging too much for popcorn and pop anyway. But for some reason, it tastes better when you buy it from the movie theater. I know. I don't know why. I know. Well, once you got to the point where mm-hmm. you would buy snacks without having to worry about the cost. Like when I would go to movies when I was younger, I would never buy snacks. 
And then once you can, you're like, all right, I'm doing all right in this world that I don't have to think about all the snacks I'm buying. Yeah, it feels amazing. It does. And the other shit that you buy from stores is often stale, where the movie stuff's always fresh. Yeah, man. What were you going to say, Max? No, I I think I remember you telling me that theory of... um of like that's when you know you're really privileged and doing well is like when you don't have to feel guilty about buying movie snacks. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I think, I think that's it. I think, I think that's the signifier right there. Like It's a nice marker. <laughs> if you've made it. Um, all right. So, Avengers, do we care about these movies? Uh, I know I'm uh, treading on Max's kind of pretentious territory here, but <laughs> I am more into art films. Right. Yeah. You're going to leave this office with a New Yorker under your arm. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, I mean, I think they're fun. They're entertaining. I really liked, like, you know, I, I, I like Black Panther a lot. I really liked, uh, what's that? What was the one before this one? Uh, it's called oh, Infinity War. Like, I thought that was well done. Um, I like the Spider-Man Homecoming. Like, they're nice. I'm they're- impressed that you know the uh, parts that happen after the uh, semicolon or whatever it is. Yeah. Like, it my, like yeah. Homecoming and <laughs> Infinity War. Like, Stick that to me is impressive. Yeah, I'll check them out if, like, usually my brother will go. And if my brother's like, hey, Homecoming's, like, it kind of, it's really good. Like, it's kind of better than your run-of-the-mill thing. I'll go, I'll check it out if I have some time. But, uh, yeah, I'll check them out, but I'm not, like, must-see or anything. I still haven't seen uh, Captain Marvel with Brie Larson, and I really like her. So this one is called Endgame because it is ostensibly the end of the series or is that just bullshit and they're going to continue making them forever? I would imagine any sort of cash cow would continue on or at least the characters will have to. I think Chris Evans is done as Captain America but I don't, you know, or Chris Hemsworth might be done as Thor. Like those guys might want to go on and do things but I, you know, that the young guy Tom Holland will still play Spider-Man. I think that they'll still have Black Panther. But this will be the last Avengers. That's the yes, trick that's at the least. the distinction. Yeah, like the super team, whatever. Super friends. Um, which I think is a DC thing actually. But anyway, uh, okay, so uh, if you're out there and you're checking out the film, uh, maybe give us your review, but no uh, spoilers. And we'll maybe give you guys a review after Shane, Max, and myself see this movie this week at some point, And maybe Erica will go, uh, and we'll, we'll reimburse her for the popcorn. Sweet. Um, hey, hey what, do you, what do you think about the idea of doing a, like a, a company outing, you know, where we get Webby D and Manager Ash? Veronique. Uh, we should uh, have Veronique. Yep. Oh, there you go. And who? Veronique. Oh, Veronique? Yeah, of course. Like, and we go to a movie or something, or maybe go to a Jays game. That'd be kind of fun. A little pot, and maybe some good stories would come out of it. Maybe open bar, and then we see what happens. All right. Jeez. (laughs) (laughs) You must be doing really well. I was just happy to buy some popcorn. Uh, But listen, I think that's an amazing idea, and I'm I'm surprised we haven't really totally done it. We can use um, our merch profit. For a team outing, oh, you think whoa, we're whoa, that's, that's that fairly <laughs> presumptuous. Erica. Oh, we're not. Are we just breaking even here, or not even? That's also presumptuous. Oh, okay. <laughs> we in the red. No, we're good. Uh, I will, but yeah, Max, I think that's a great idea, and I think we have enough friends that can maybe sort us out some like Jays tickets or something like that. Yeah, let's do it. I'm, I'm stoked about that. Open the bar. Um, you know, this is a uh, this is culture building. That's what we're doing. We're I agree. A culture in our company. Yeah, good. Awesome. Um, okay, so lastly, uh, we were going to talk about Woodstock, which uh, the article, you sent us a Rolling Stone article about how there's this Woodstock 50th year anniversary thing that people seem to be excited about. Speaking of nostalgia and bringing stuff back from the past, uh, but then there were, they ran into some money issues, and I guess the financier didn't know if he was going to be able to uh, make it happen. Uh, but that article actually since then does have an update. Yeah, so um, give people the context of what you know, the, what Woodstock is, and who's on the bill, and uh, <laughs> What's all Woodstock, that stuff. Mike. <laughs> well, uh, Woodstock is you know basically the the very I guess at least if not the first the sort of most famous festival outdoor festival for music sort of nineteen sixty nine. 
every super group, like every big group uh, of the fucking like of pop culture amassed in Woodstock, New York and put on this concert that has literally babies were born or conceived. Sorry, not born, conceived at Woodstock. People had magical drug trips. People fell in love. People, it was like basically this hub of sort of existence and hippie culture, the sort of apex of hippie culture. Uh, and people still talk about it to this day. There was a huge documentary about it that people talk about. Well, for the Limp Biscuit performance alone. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Then they revived it in 1999 and the headliners were people like, Limp Bizkit, Green Day, uh, and but then there was like I think something got burned down at that one, and then everybody was like, "This is why we can't do." They're this. all pretty dangerous. These Woodstocks. Well, the first one though was like, and who knows if it was really peace and love and all that, but they're like what it stood for was like a concert for the people by the people, and it was a scene, man, and everybody loved each other and peace and love, and grooviness and all that stuff. And then '99 was like. I did it all for the nookie. And then like a fucking tower burned down and everyone was like, this is really, this represents sort of where the culture is these days and what has happened in the last 30 years to people. And there's always a lot of like sexual assaults and stuff going on at these things and people getting drugged and passing out. And then like at least one person dies at each festival. So yeah, I, yeah, I don't, I mean, I guess that's like, maybe that's a, a hazard of festival culture in and of itself, or at least maybe certain types of festivals. I don't know. Is like, does, do, do like festivals like Oshag or any of, Max, you play festivals all the time, I guess. What is your outlook on Woodstock? What does Woodstock mean to you as a guy in a band? Well, I mean, I was, when I heard rumblings that it was going to happen, I was, I was kind of interested in it. Um, and it's the reason why I wanted to bring this up though, is um, it's just, we're kind of this funny point in society where the people who are in charge, like turn out to be way more, like disorganized and just kind of like bumbling idiots uh, than you think. And like, you know, you saw it with the fire, de- uh, fire festival documentary. You see it with like the Donald Trump and the administration. And you even see it with like with people who are running like, the financial industry, just how like you think these are smart, ambitious people, but they kind of oftentimes don't have their shit together and they're just fooling everybody. So I thought the press release was funny and just how in how chaotic uh, Woodstock has become, where I guess the investors pulled their money out and told uh, like Billboard that the festival's canceled, and then Michael Lang, who is the uh, no sorry, who's the dude who uh, runs the festival? Michael Lang. Um, yeah. yeah, you got it. Yeah, I'm Michael Lang. He was like, they don't have the right to to cancel Woodstock. Woodstock is for the people. How dare they? We're bringing it back, baby. I'm just like, who is in charge right now? I just think the whole thing is like kind of like high comedy um, that, you know, they didn't have this shit sorted out like, you know, a year ago. If you're going to put on Woodstock and you're going to bring this like legacy brand back, you think all, all your ducks would be in a row. All your T's would be crossed. All your I's would be dotted like I, two years ago. Like how are we possibly having this conversation? Well, like, like you know, when it's ha- happening in two months. Like Michael Lang was kind of saying in his statement that the original Woodstock in 1969, a month before it was set to take place, they had to change locations and it was almost canceled back then. So he's kind of like, so he's like this is what we do. <laughs> yeah, no, he's, he's like, I've been through this before. And anytime I think you're trying to organize something as big as Woodstock, there's going to be many, many problems. And usually the people trying to run these sort of things are very charismatic individuals and there's a weird thing where it's like very charismatic people tend to not be a type personality. They're not details people. Right. You yeah. got to kind mm. of uh, couple up with someone who is more of like the nerd personality to really <laughs> get it going. And this company's probably like, yeah, this guy's charming, but he doesn't have a shit together and we're out of here. And therefore the festival's off. 
which I think to announce that is very irresponsible of them to yeah, say Yeah, that it's seems off. almost like a power move. That's almost like they're trying to junk up. Because, listen, money falls apart all the time, whether it's financing a film or a festival or even, you know, a concert. And it's like, usually you allow someone like Michael Lang to bring in other partners, maybe, right? But it's like, by them going and releasing a statement that it's off, you're kind of jamming him up. Oh, because which then, is their plan, because they're yeah. scared. They're like, shit, here's our nightmare scenario. We back out. Someone else comes in. Woodstock's a huge success. I look like a total idiot, and I might lose my job. Yeah. So that's their fear. So they're like, we're going to sabotage this in a matter of speaking. So I'm on Michael Lang's side all the way. <laughs> as a charismatic person who <laughs> yeah. doesn't really pay attention I, to the details. As neither a charismatic person or an organized person, I'm taking Michael Lang's side. Uh, Maxie, when you said you heard about it and you were interested, were you interested from a fan perspective or from like, a, oh, I wonder if we should uh, get, get the Arkells on that bill? <laughs> Yeah, well, I mean, yeah, for sure. There's a, there's an element of me that goes, um, yeah, our, could Arkells play this? And you you make some phone calls, and you you get a you get a sense of you know how competitive is out there, uh, you know, to, to even get on any festivals these days. But also, I'm uh, as sort of a fan and an observer of just the music culture. I always think, oh man, how is this going to work? Because they're doing this this festival out in the middle of nowhere. It's like upstate New York. It's not particularly accessible uh i mean i guess it's like a few hours away from new york city um but i think the the heyday of like the camping music festival uh was a you know is long gone like i'd say about you know seven to ten years ago people were really in the mood to go to festivals and with the exception of the big ones like coachella Lollapalooza and Bonnaroo, most of the other festivals are gone if you look around like even in canada for for instance like way home isn't around anymore uh, Pemberton isn't around anymore. Um, Squamish. It just it, and it just is a, a testament to how hard putting on a music festival is, and how much organization needs to happen, how much money needs to be raised. And so when when I saw the announcement, I was like, okay, well they're they're going for it, and you know they have a really great diverse lineup that I think represents some of the best music of today. But even still. It's not easy, and and it is uh, you know that's being displayed right now how difficult it is. Well, you heard it here first. Woodstock not easy to organize. <laughs> <That's the conclusion>. <laughs> <laughs> but, but how much is Maxi Boy charging for a Woodstock uh, performance? Like well, rates? we didn't get an offer, so no. Zero how much dollars. would you though? I'm playing a game. Oh, I don't, I don't know. I mean, you know, it's, it's in America, Shane, so you can make your, your jokes now. Uh, you hate money questions, <laughs> eh? Even in the theoretical. Well, Max is, Max is, a, is a charismatic dude that's, that has details people around him. He's he the play, Michael Landis. He plays that up, though. He's like, I don't know how much money I have. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Max. About as sincere as Liz cowling in the parking lot. <laughs>